We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Star on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. With 14 seconds left. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Star lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. And he's caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. We are joined, rather, I am joined this week by my lovely, lovely co-host, Ty. Ty, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, Who are you? Who am I? I am Numak. I suppose I better introduce go. myself. Got to get yeah. back into the rhythm of that. <laughs> I am your host. Hi, as I guess we're both co-hosts. I should be taking the... You're uh... the Don. No, you're the host. Okay. You're the host. All right. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. But we're, we're here to bring you a preview pod of another division rivalry game uh, two weeks into the season for the Packers. First, the Vikings last week, and now against the Chicago Bears. We're coming off a 19-10 victory in an absolute sloppy slobber knocker of a game on yes. Sunday in the sloppy steaks was all they could eat for uh, <laughs> for a post game meal after that game. Pretty much as a torrentially downpour in Chicago as it's known to do. But first, before we jump into the preview, we want to direct you guys over to the win in six feed. Uh, Jordan has put together a wonderful, wonderful audio essay on Larry Costello and his time as a player and Bucks coach. Larry Costello, of course, is the uh, coach of the 1971 Bucks title team to bring the first title to Milwaukee with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, Oscar Robertson and that team. And he was inducted into the uh, is it the Naismith Hall of Fame tie, correct? 
Correct. The okay. Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall of Fame. Correct. He was inducted uh, posthumously this past weekend along with uh, Dell Harris and <clears throat> George Carlin. Some other people. Some other yeah, people. Some other, some other people. Manu yeah. got in. Uh, yeah, Manu got in. And he was yeah. properly recognized by his franchise. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, go check it out. It was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful thing that Jordan had created. And then and once it was done, um, him and Adam talked about the importance of Bucks history and remembering it just as they've been doing for so long. So hop on over to the one in six feet. I've listened to it a couple of times now. It's, it's really good. So go check it them is. out. The Eurostep podcast network feed winning six. The show lives within it. So it's our Bucks feed. If you're already subscribed, you missed it. Check it out there. If not, as with everything, find the link at gspn.info. Absolutely. So Ty, let's get into this preview. I'm excited. Yeah, the, uh, the Bears Packers games always are fun. We'll say competitive. Sometimes they're not so much fun. I say that because, like, I remember when Khalil Mack practically broke Aaron Rodgers in half <laughs> that one that one time, and he was off of a perk or two, according to his own words. So maybe maybe they're not always fun for everybody, but it's uh the one of the best rivalries in the NFL, and we get it early this year, which is which is exciting. So I'm hoping the Packers can bounce back against a young and not so much talented Chicago Bears team. They have their young quarterback in Justin Fields and probably their best offensive weapon on the team or on, on obviously on offense is Dave Montgomery, their uh their running back who's who didn't do so hot last week against the Niners for some reason. They were riding uh Khalil Herbert. So it'll be interesting to see how this team develops on offense throughout the year. Because as we were talking about before Ty it seems like they don't have a lot of wide receiver ones and twos like the Packers do. They sort of have a lot of wide receiver threes and fours. Yeah, I think the way you said that was a little confusing. You think their their <laughs> wide receiver room is like the Packers wide receiver room in that, right? Yes. It, it, for a second, I thought you meant like, yeah, they're not like the Packers. They don't have a lot of wide receiver ones and twos. And I was like, to the Packers, that would be great if the Packers had a lot of ones and twos. Exactly. They had one last year. They maybe have a couple twos. I mean, that's not shortchange Alan Lazard too much. But yeah, the, the Bears team, I think, you know, they're the Bears, so it wasn't that fun for us. But seeing a team like that beat a team like the Niners is, I think, always kind of inherently fun. Bears, anti-Bears bias aside just because they were underdogs and they weren't supposed to win that game. And even with the unproven Trey Lance at quarterback for San Francisco, that's a team that was clearly favored to win. Although as you know, a lot of sharps pointed out on Sunday, the field conditions, the rain, the Kentucky bluer than normal grass because of all the water on it really made this game, you know, a kind of just a toss up. There's so much variance when the field is literally like water world. And the Bears come out on top. And I think, you know, my big takeaway from this game was not like, oh, the Bears are great. I I pulled up the PFF overall grades for every team despite winning. They have the worst overall grade. So the folks at PFF who watch all the plays still thought the Bears sucked. They just thought they happened to win that football game. Um, but but I, what I came away from that game outside of just the rain takeaways was like, You've got to beat them. I think they're one of those bad teams. Like they're not like a hilariously bad team. I think that's just going to fall apart and right. load like, you know, urban Meyer Jags or something like that. 
I think they are a team that like they're very beatable. I mean, you look around this team, offense and defense, there's not a lot of guys who you're like, oh yeah, that's a proven good NFL player. They don't have a great offensive line either. But I think this is like a pretty competent football team. I, again, our sample size is so small, but it seems like the new management there has maybe done a better job than people thought at at picking players. Maybe not. I mean, I do think they're kind of hoping they get a really good draft pick this year. They're going to have the most cap space in the NFL next or this coming off season. Yep. You know, they don't have a lot of dead money. They probably will end up moving on Roquan Smith at some point, who is one of their best players, a linebacker. Um, so I think they are still set up for the future, but at the same time, I don't think they're like trying to be egregiously bad. I think they're just a team direct, direct of top talent who you still have to go out and beat. So it's going to be an interesting challenge, I think, for the Packers. Right. I agree. I think one of the interesting matchups that we'll get into a little bit later is how the offensive line handles Roquan Smith. Cause like if they are trotting out Jake Hansen at one of the guard positions, Jake Hansen, owner of a 15 PFF grade last week, is not going to handle Roquan Smith much better than he did Zadaria Smith, <laughs> for that matter. But I was looking because I was curious as to like see if like Vegas was interested in the Bears at all after last week's win. They are not. not. They are no, not. not. <laughs> Bears no. are a nine and a half point dogs. So yeah, it's it'll which is a lot for in, a division game. Going into Lambeau though home like first home game coming off a loss like i'm sure yeah there's a chip on the packers soldier shoulder <laughs> um it just soldier seems, field yeah exactly it just seems a lot for a division game when usually all division games are a little closer than the typical game they are except the packers are on a six game win streak against chicago i have some bears packers stats i think now's a good time to throw them at yeah. you if the packers sweep the bears this year they will match Chicago's longest ever winning streak against Green Bay, eight games. That was in the 80s. The, they'll have to win another year after this one, though, to tie the Packers' win streak, 94 to 98. The Packers won 10 straight against the Bears. Obviously, back in 2017, the Packers took the lead in the season, in the overall series. They've not let it go. It's 103, 95, and 6. You know it's a long one when there's six ties. It's a long one or the Steelers are involved in an overall series when there's six <laughs> ties. Um, the Bears had 24-game leads in this thing twice uh, in the in 1960 and then in 92. Yep. Split in the playoffs, a not-so-fun fact. Do you know the last time these two teams met when the Bears had a better record than Green Bay? Yeah. So when the last time they, when's the last time they met in Green Bay? No, no, sorry. Uh, sorry, no, that's not not part of it. Although that might also no, that's not true. No, the last time they met and the Bears had the, the better Bears. record than uh, Green Bay is what I meant to say. Uh, you probably do. It's probably it has to be pre-Favre. So no, I, no, no. Oh no, yeah, they they, they they just passed or came tied a couple. No, years I'm ago. sorry, I I I stated the question bad. I meant in that season. Rephrase your question again. We're gonna get through uh, this. We're gonna <laughs> the get last through time, it. The last time the Bears and Packers played at any point in a regular season when the Bears had a better record that season. Oh, a better like record in this in this like a like a single season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coming into the game that season. Oh, okay. Uh two thousand and seven when they went to the Super Bowl? 
2018. I think they won the division that year. The second time they played in December. That was the year Philbin took over. McCarthy, I think, got fired that year. Uh, The Bears were 10 and 4 in December, and the Packers were 5, 8, and 1. We got there. We got there. What a great segment that was. (laughs) It must have been 2017 the last time they played when the Bears had a better overall record. I guess it could have been 2016 when they tied it, but whatever. Let's move on. Either which way. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about the game. Yep. So going into this game, I want to talk about defense first a little bit because I think it really should be more of a factor than it was in the Vikings game, rather a more positive factor than it was a negative factor in the Minnesota Vikings game. As we kind of touched on, touched on already, the Bears don't have a lot of talent at receiver. Their most talented, healthy receiver is uh, Darnell Mooney. And last week, which again, trenchly downpouring and just a sloppy game, only had three targets and had one catch for I believe it was about eight yards. So not the biggest show out from from Darnell Mooney, but otherwise they're trotting out Dante Pettis, uh, Byron Pringle, the former Kansas City Chief, and former Packer, uh, Equinemius St. Brown. And that's really all the talent they have there at wide receiver. They use David Montgomery and uh, Kula Herbert out of the backfield as well, but these receivers aren't Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Like, if we get torched this week, it's going to be bad news bears. <laughs> To, yeah. To the play. funny thing, the funny thing I think going into this is the Packers can and probably will get away playing like entirely zone. Like it's yeah. going to be fine here because there is not that one standout weapon. So, you know, I well, hopefully there's no quote after the game where Jair is like, "I can't believe they didn't let me go for Byron Pringle." I, they knew I wanted the Pringle all week, and they didn't let me have Byron Pringle. No, but. Yeah, it should be. I think this is going to be a good litmus test because I think if the Bears are able to get up to like the 20s or higher in points, I think that's kind of an indictment on the Packers defense. And it seems unfair. I mean, there can be random plays. And obviously, I'm counting offense only in that. Like if there's, you know, kick return, that's a different problem. But, you know, if if, if Justin Fields is able to go down the field, like full fields and score more than twice touchdowns, I would be a little bit concerned. Again, there's single game variance, but this would not be two games of variance because obviously the Packers defense was not great uh, against the Vikings last week. And again, this is, again, should be a winnable game. Should be a game where you can hold the Bears to relatively modest scoring. Should be able to move the ball and score against them. We'll get to the injury report, but especially if Alan Lazard is able to go, which we probably won't know until much closer to the game. Uh, But yeah, I agree with you. I think watching green bay especially you know given the the way we came into the season thinking defense was going to be this team's calling card Mm -hmm. this is a really good opportunity to make a statement and prove that defense is the calling card on sunday night football in lambeau field there's no excuse in this one absolutely not and yeah i think it's going to be critical to keep justin fields in the pocket like i have ptsd of watching russell wilson and colin kaepernick and insert running quarterback here to just running all over the Packers uh, Dom Capers zone defense it drove me insane through the mid 2010s and so Justin Fields is of that like birds of a feather he's the same type of quarterback to where he's if he's in trouble and there's nobody open downfield he'll puck it and run and he can beat you with his legs as we saw in at Ohio State and just saw last year a little bit too like he is able to make running plays and 
if they can't keep the contain on the edge and he can roll out and start going and they don't have a, a spy on fields, it's going to be an issue, I think. Um, so what, what do sure- you think about fields? Like overall, not just his, his player profile. Cause I, I think we just don't know that much yet. And I don't know how much we'll learn this year because of the right. talent around him. But I do think that's probably a, a swing factor for them this season and beyond. Like is fields legit good or is fields, you know, I think he's proven he's a capable NFL quarterback at minimum, which is fine, but that's not a needle moving thing, right? We don't know fully yet, but what's your thought on, on fields? And, and at least for now, I'm not asking you to project his whole career. Cause again, our sample is, is pretty tough to determine from at this point. Yep. It's hard to talk about what, who he is as a quarterback because the bears have done a horrendous job surrounding him with talent. Like we just got off the wide receiver talk. Like you can't be putting, I can't, I forget what, where they took him at, but he's a first round quarterback you can't be surrounding your 11th 11th overall took him 11th overall you can't surround your 11th overall quarterback with garbage at wide receiver his developmental years like that's sort of the wave in the nfl right now is that you get your qb last you have everything you want for a contender and then you get your qb last similarly to how the viking or i'm sorry how the lions are doing it right now like they have amron ross st brown and Jameson Williams, DeAndre Swift, like they have their specialists on lockdown for the next five years, but they just need to like figure out if Goff is going to do something with them or if they need to keep tanking and find a quarterback early in uh, the first round. The Bears have done the exact opposite of that. They have outside of David Montgomery, they have no real weapons that they should be excited about for Justin Fields to throw to. Like they signed Nikhil Harry from the Patriots this offseason to a free agency deal. But he got hurt, and then they brought in Byron Pringle. But like that, the kill Harry is not your wide receiver one for Justin Fields to throw to. I, then, I think they got the better player as the backup plan. Honestly, I like Pringle more than the kill Harry. I agree, but still not a not a you know right. not a top no. flight weapon by any means. Exactly. And so between not having anything, any we- like true weapons, like they don't have a Justin Jefferson, they don't have an Amara yeah. St. Brown, they don't have like a young Devontae Adams for They have a St. Brown, just not the not, not the good one. Not, <laughs> not the, good the better one. one. Not, not the, the good one. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they don't have like that exciting young wide receiver to put with yeah. Fields to actually showcase his talent and showcase what he's like as a quarterback. And the same goes with the offensive line. They the offensive line is not good. Like it's they uh, brought in Alex Leatherwood, who was, by all intents and purposes, a bust in Oakland, and that's why they let him go. Yeah. And so they clearly need help wherever wherever they can get it, and I think if he gets the opportunity outside of Chicago, he might have a promising career. Where they are right now with him, I don't know if he has that career in Chicago, just because he's yeah. not going to be able to prove what he can is able to do with the talent they're surrounding him with. Yeah, this could be a big week for him. I mean, again, it, a sloppy game last week, but still he manages to throw two touchdowns to one interception, I believe. Um, you know, winning against the Packers in Lambeau would obviously go a long way. It, he's not positioned to do that, uh, as we'll get into. But you make a good point on the Bears' offensive line. Again, I think this is a good litmus test for the whole Packers' defense. Defensive line certainly among them in the edge rushers. Because, again, this should be a game – if you lose him a couple times, I guess that'll, that could happen. Yeah. 
but there should be pretty consistent pressure on Justin Fields, which we really did not see happening to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So again, this is one where it's it's not like you know you see the Packers play well against the Bears and think oh Super Bowl is is around the corner, but it is it's it's almost like a just like a benchmark you want to hit, right? right? Like, and not even trying to trash the, like not every year it's like this, but this year this Bears. It's like, okay, you should really show out against this team or there's some deeper problems than maybe we even realized. Right, like in, a, in as a respectful way as possible, they should beat the bricks off of the Bears. Yes. Like it's the, – the offense isn't as high-powered as it was last year, obviously, and in previous years with Devontae Adams. Like it's hard, it's hard not to keep going back to the offense, how it looked in previous years with him, but – they need to pound the ball. I guess this will, this will be our transition to the offense. Just one last thing. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to see any, and I, I know it's a little unrealistic, maybe like one, but I need to see so much better play from not just the corners, but the, the entire secondary. Yeah. Like, just don't lose anybody. Even yeah. on even if Fields is extending a play, which isn't really something Kirk did. He just had a long time to throw Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. Like, that to me you know, week one, whatever, maybe you're just off. I think there's still no excuse for how they played, but if it happens two weeks in a row where they're just straight up losing guys, that to me is like, what the hell is happening out here? So I I still don't really have a great explanation for how the Packers lost Justin Jefferson, like three or four times week one. But I think that maybe more than anything, like if the pass rush is okay, I think I could live. If the secondary is just losing guys again, I'll really be on like, Maybe not DEFCON 5, or what is, whatever the strongest one is. I'll be at DEFCON 3. Yeah. That one's got to be in the middle no matter what. I don't know what the right order is. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think 5 is the worst, but I could be wrong. 5 is the, no, best. No. Five is the best. Ah, Def- see, that's why I went 3. DEFCON 1 is uh, maximum readiness with immediate response. Exercise term is cocked pistol, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. We're going to go on a, on a little <laughs> bit of a tangent here. Uh, the exercise terms for DEFCONs is hilarious. <laughs> DEFCON okay. 1 is cocked pistol. Yep. DEFCON 2 is fast pace. That's like normal. DEFCON 3 is roundhouse. What? DEFCON 4 is double take. And then DEFCON 5 is fade out. <laughs> fade out? What? These are such... None of these seem analogous at all. I'd never heard that before. And that <laughs> that's really funny. I'll, I'll put it this way: I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on the edge of getting cocked if if the secondary cannot contain Byron Pringle and Darnell Mooney. That's that's the best way I can I think say it according to the DefCon scale. Phrasing, all right, but yeah, I strongly yeah. agree that uh, yeah. they can't be losing people in this wide receiving core. Like we, there is clips on Monday and Tuesday this week of. Like, even Jair Alexander and some of his times when he was covering Justin Jefferson just getting absolutely cooked, which, like, will happen. Yeah. He's an all-pro-level wide receiver. But you can't have Darnell Savage getting turned around. You can't have Adrian Amos just losing people. Like, that's just – it just can't happen. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Quay Walker play. Um, yep. Oh, we didn't go through the injury report, so let's, let's do that. Because yeah. um, Quay Walker was a full participant in practice on today on Wednesday – Wednesday. Obviously, that's just the first um, injury report of the week. Um, going through uh, the defense for injury report, uh, Keishon Nixon with a shoulder injury. It looked like he dislocated it when he made that nice tackle in the open field. He was a full participant in practice this week. And then on offense, 
Uh, John Runyon was the only DNP with his concussion. Alan Lazard was limited in practice, along with uh, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. And then Jake Hansen with a shoulder injury was a full participant in practice. Uh, Ryan Wood had reported on Sunday, or yeah, Sunday, I believe. Prior, prior to the game yep, Sunday. Right? Prior to the yep. game Sunday, when it was announced that Bakhtiari and Jenkins would be out, that they were unlikely to play this week against the Bears as well. So yep. expect the Packers to be down their two best offensive linemen going into this game with the Bears. Hopefully it's not that big of a deal as it was last week. And further potential, uh, it might not, might just be more of a Tarunian, but also Caleb Jones was signed from the practice squad for this game. Upgraded, the, upgraded. upgraded excuse me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That, yeah. Um, so he'll be available for the Packers this game. He's not signed to the 53. Good good clarification. Yep. Um, but the the huge standout for, again, a guy who got cut ultimately, but the, the big, young, intriguing tackle that we talked about on the cut day pod and the post-cut day pod, um, so he's available again, that might just be more to do with Runyon, but also doesn't seem like they're super optimistic about both Bakhtiari and Jenkins, at least being able to go. Otherwise, you know, if you're, if you lose one guy and you're adding two guys, you probably don't need to call one up. So that's again, just an, an amateur read at this, but yeah. it, it is another move that sort of indicates, you know, not a ton of confidence in those two guys being totally ready. Right. Exactly. So going into uh, the offense, obviously, like we had just mentioned, that the offensive line, sh- I don't want to say shouldn't, because like these are NFL players, they can produce pressure, but they like the, the Roquan Smith side of the ball is where I'm a little bit concerned about if Jake Hansen's out there at guard. And so I really want the Packers to lean on their run game this week. Like It worked so well when they went to it, against the Vikings, and we know that these running backs can do it. And so that's kind of my main watch for this week. And also, just Rodgers being confident in his throws and giving the young guys a little more um, something to chew on with how he handles their targets and their opportunities. Because obviously, coming out of last week, the big, the biggest story was Watson, Christian Watson dropping the ball in the first drive uh, of the game for them and coming out of uh, practice this week again Ryan Wood had reported um, he had tweeted this afternoon Wednesday afternoon that Aaron Rodgers is optimistic um, rookie wide receivers Christian Watson Roman Dobbs will develop quote these are good kids they really are they want to please they want to do the right thing they care about it I'm going to figure out a way to continue to get them on the, on the same frequency with them so here's to hoping that he doesn't cast them out after one drop because that's not helpful for anybody on the team especially on the offensive side we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I also really hope that we don't get – I mean, I hope Lazard can play, and I think yeah. he can obviously add a lot. I hope we don't get into a situation where there's another player Rodgers just forces the ball to because as we've talked about, you know, there is almost – I don't want to say conflicts. I think it's being a little bit overblown, but there is just a fundamental difference in I think how Rodgers wants to operate sometimes versus – the Matt LaFleur offense, which again is Shanahan tree, kind of an extension of the McVay offense, a lot of rushing as we've seen the resources put into running backs and, yep. and, and everything else. So, you know, I hope we don't get Rogers just trying to force it to Lazard. I don't think we will, um, but I do have a note on the, the offensive line and what we want to see there. Actually two, Okay. One, Matt LaFleur said Zach Tom is in competition to start every week. So we'll be intriguing to see if our cheese board guy plays starts in this game or, or doesn't, depending on how things shuffle around with the, the injury. Again, that's if Runyon does miss the game, which is still TBD at this point. Right. Two, I've got a bear for you to watch. Dominique Robinson, who is the highest graded as per PFF player on Chicago's defense, Recorded 1.5 sacks. This is a fifth round pick, 174 overall rookie for Chicago, who, again, it was one game. It was in the rain. It was kind of a mess, but really made some nice plays against the 49ers and stood out and was able to impact the ball. It seems like in addition to Roquan from the linebacker spot, uh, Robinson off of the edge, he's number 91 of the Chicago Bears could be a player who is a good test for the probably still going to be patchwork Green Bay offensive line. This is the guy who seems like if anyone, at least based on last week, if there's anyone who's able to, to really damage the the offensive line, might be this guy. So it would be intriguing to watch, was that a flash in the pan thing for a rookie or is this really a, you know going to be a, a new player that we're going to watch for every time we play the Bears, the Packers play the Bears? Right. I was looking at uh, Dominic Robinson's player profile on ESPN. And mm-hmm. I'm just laughing because, like, they clearly don't do the projections based on analysis. It's based on math. And oh. so, uh, Dominique Robinson is had, like you said, one and a half sacks last week. Uh, one and a half sacks last they, week. Are they projecting him for like 40? <laughs> for 20, 25 and a half, which would be the record. <laughs> Super reasonable. Which would be Super the record. Reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> like by three. He'd beat Strahan's record by literal by three whole sacks. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And well, also, he had five tackles, so pencil him in for 100. 80 tackles, he 85 had, tackles. He had total, he, that was five solo tackles. Oh. He had, he had seven total tackles, so 119 tackles this season, <laughs> which would be just insane. I mean, light numbers for AJ Hawk, but pretty insane for an edge rusher. Yeah. So, regardless, sorry, I, I had to go on that little tangent. No, no, yeah, that's I was, funny. I was giggling at that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be sure number 91 if you're following 91. along with us. So look out for him and see how he lines up and see if he's a, like we said, a flash in the pan or if he's something legitimate for um, this Bears defense, which is usually a pretty pretty staunch defense. So Yeah. But yeah, go like seeing, seeing Rodgers not ice out anybody 
at all in the game would be fantastic. Yeah. Like, let's just be happy-go-lucky Rodgers and start feeding the ball to everybody. Like, I understand that Rodgers' competitiveness, as I mentioned last week, is what makes him Aaron Rodgers, what makes him who he is and the kind of quarterback he is. But I think he needs to, this is obviously armchair quarterbacking, literally, but, but just like kind of take a step back in his in his role and realize that this team isn't constructed like the 2010 team when they won the Super Bowl. It's not con- constructed like the last three teams they've had where they went to the NFC Championship game. There's going to be some bumps in the road with, with this team. And I think that's good, given how the last three years have went. Like, they've always peaked during the middle of the season. Uh, Greg Olson and... Uh, Kevin Burkhardt had talked about it on air last week against the Vikings, is that a lot of these teams end up that are that have playoff success start to peak later in the season. They start to get going as the season goes on. They don't they don't know they're that good right away. And so I would like to see somewhat of that variance. It might be a little rougher week to week as a fan to watch that. But to see them develop as a team and start getting things working more consistently as weeks 10 through 18 come along would be more encouraging to me as a fan going into the playoffs than it would be to go like nine and one to start the season and then lose three times at the end of the season. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I mean, I, I really, I just, I, I want just more consistent week to week football and whatever this new week one, you know, curse or hex is for the Packers. Hopefully again, like last year, it is just a week one thing and we only see, you know, two, three losses the rest of the way for Green Bay. A couple specific things I'm going to be looking for offensively. I need at least 20 combined carries for AJ Don't or AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. At least, at With, least 20. 15 last week, and I understand the team was trailing for mo- pretty much all of the game, but there were still, it wasn't that urgent, especially in the first half. And seeing an over-reliance, I think, on passing for a team where we talked about the receiving core is not proven at all, just need to see more carries. So hopefully, again, this is a game where the Packers are able to limit Chicago offensively and able to play that more run-heavy style more comfortably. But either way, I just more touches, especially for Aaron Jones, who yep. again, as we stressed last time, only having eight touches. Uh, he was targeted, it should, would have been 10 if he caught all, all five of his targets, but still eight actual touches, just not good enough for the most dynamic player on your offense. So I really hope we see Aaron Jones featured early and often and A.J. Dillon. I'm not saying take anything away from him. He's been excellent, really impressed me as a pass catcher week one. But I want to see both of those guys involved more because they're probably – I mean, in terms of skill position players, they've got to be one and two, right? Even assuming Lazard is healthy. I would say so. Maybe Lazard's up there. Maybe it's a conversation. Yeah, I'd say one Aaron Jones. Yeah. Like slight, like a slight gap. AJ Dillon and uh, Al Lazard. Yeah, I'm fine putting them together in tier two. Yeah. And then maybe Tunyon below that. And everyone else is kind of TBD for me. Right. And so, like, good, like you had mentioned, like at least twenty touches combined for in the run game carries, yeah, 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 yeah in the run game for them yeah. this week. I, I'd be fine, even if they did. They had uh twenty, yeah, twenty six total touches last week or total targets. Um, last week, I'd like would like to see that number up to like thirty five forty, between getting them more involved running as well as a couple more passes in the passing game. 
just because they are our best specialist options. Like it's, I really want to see them on the field at the same time too. That just brings a whole yeah. new dynamic to this offense that they haven't explored in the Matt LaFleur era. And seeing how they can like bait the offense into a AJ Dillon up the gut run and then get a wheel route to Aaron Jones on the sideline sounds exciting to me because they're, it's like a basically a, a run pass option for Rodgers with the two best players on the offense. Like you could get yeah. AJ Dillon to go for 10 yards up the middle or Aaron Jones for 15 up the sideline if whatever option is given to him. And like the, the faults of Rodgers are, I shouldn't say obvious, they, they exist. But if there's one thing to say about him is that he can recognize defenses quite well. And yeah, so and, and place a ball when, when a coverage does open up. Exactly. And so I would like them to sort of take advantage of that and run some of those option plays with both the running backs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I wonder if the concern there is just not having enough total running backs on the roster to where you don't want to overwork those guys and then right. there's no one else if one of them does get injured or needs extra time off. So right. that'd be, again, who, who's injured right now? Uh, on the pup, the running back, the third running back, essentially. Kylan Hill? Kylan Hill, yes. I don't know if it's um, Kylan. I think it is, though. I think it is. Um, yeah, I wonder how much that plays into it, but I agree. I think, and, and who knows, maybe this is like trying to save something in the bag for later on in the season and postseason, but I, I think that's probably overthinking it. I do think, though, that, you know, if you really need points at a certain point in the game, it doesn't make a ton of sense to keep either of those guys off the field because you just don't have better skill position options. Right. And I'm not saying like... Yeah, I know every, you're not saying like drive. every single down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like at least once every other drive, just play yeah. with it because they're good. <laughs> play, yeah. play them. <laughs> exactly. Quick Kylan Hill note. Uh, two days ago, he posted a very clear, crisp image of his face looking pensively into the Viking stands while there's no fans there. And it just says, real soon. So he might, be, he might be coming back soon. <laughs> Real soon. <laughs> That's all it says. It's got 600 likes. So good good for Kyle. I hope to see you back soon, buddy. Shout out to Packers fans that the third running back who's currently not playing is drumming up 600. Also, Kurt Benkert is like a celebrity. He's very fun on TikTok. I saw him today. He's... He got an NFL he got an NFL call recently. I don't I... know if they're going to sign him or not. But yeah, everyone, everyone knows. I don't even have to say that. Everyone yeah, knows. Everyone, everyone knows. So um, I think... Going, I want to keep going. This expectations. Route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another question. I'm going to lob at you later too. Okay, well, maybe I answer it right now. Well, maybe the you had said 20 carries for Jones and AJ Dillon combined. I think I want to see upwards of 15 combined targets between Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, even if Lazard is healthy. Hmm. I don't know if that's a realistic number. I don't they that one I don't mind as game. much. Well yeah, but that then, one I don't I don't care as much about the total number because I don't mind if they're spreading out the ball more and I don't mind if they're running the ball more too, especially right. if they're up. But I think how about that? What was what did you say? I said fifteen combined for the two of them because they had nine total targets last um I week. would be okay with like even if it's like around 10, but I'd rather see a more consistent cadence because it I felt think... like Watson was a lot early and late and then just did not get any looks in the middle of the game. Yeah. So if it's 10 total and it's like 
two, three, two, three per quarter to those guys, I'm okay with it if it's spread out evenly. I feel like that's even more important than the overall number. Yeah. Is if Christian, especially Watson, I think I think Dobbs is fine. I think Rogers likes Dobbs. Dobbs yeah. played well. Um, more except for the one play. But I think like I want to see Watson get targeted at least once or twice every quarter and not get frozen out for a lot of the game. Because yeah. I just worry about the rhythm and the confidence, especially the way his career started, first play of week one, that I would like to see him just targeted more frequently, like once every other drive at least. Right. Like, I think part of that is that I just don't see any of the DBs on the uh... – the bears that I should be afraid of yeah. like locking up either one of those guys like they're they're impressive athletes and receivers like they should be able to hold their own against the spare secondary and I think this would be a good game for one of them to break out and that's what I'm sort of looking for like getting if Alan Lazard is playing and is healthy and isn't limited at all it'd be good to get him rhythm as well because he needs to develop into that wide receiver one role that we want him to develop into but this is a good week before you go to the Buccaneers next week and to get these rookie wide receivers ready for a more stout secondary and a more talented defense in Tampa. That's my kind of like main goal is to get these guys ramping up for tougher, tougher matchups. Yeah. Um, one corner to look for and it might not be because of his coverage necessarily but Jalen Johnson who I believe it was said took his number because of Peanut Tillman on the Bears punched out of a football against the Niners week one to thwart a scoring job I think it was early too I think it was kind of the Niners seemed like they had some momentum and this play honestly I think really kind of threw him off for a while Mm -hmm. and let the Bears stay in it so I would look for that. It does seem like that's going to be an emphasis, if not for the whole defense, at least right. for him. So that's who – and he may end up being the guy who gets the the Lazard matchup if Lazard can play. Mm-hmm. So that will be something to watch, I think. But, yeah, I, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that the targets and the games could shake out that I feel good about the Packers offense. Yeah. But I want to see the ball spread around more in general. I'd love to see Lazard play and look good. And just want to see the rookies involved. It's not about the overall number for me, but I, I, the worst case is we see another two, two and a half, three quarters consecutively right. where Christian Watson's just out there doing cardio and not actually getting targeted. Because I think that's the kind of thing that kind of just gets to a player. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's owed anything, but second round draft pick, he has clear skills. I mean, he torched an NFL defense the first play of his career. He just didn't complete the play. Right. But there is a positive in there. The silver lining is that he opened up that play in the first place. So yep. that's what I don't want to see. I really don't want to see a freeze-up. I hope we see more of the Lafleurian offense where the ball is all over the place. Right. Rodgers looks engaged, and the ball is moving, more yep. importantly. I think like my best-case scenario for this game is, and like obviously this is the best-case scenario for any game, but like it's a lot of points scoring on offense. Like ideally, I want a lot of offense. I want a lot of chunk plays. I want three different players to get into the end zone. Yeah, ideally. I think that would be ideal. Yeah, and just like get the this team ready to go to Tampa next week because yeah. that's going to be hard. Because apparently, the all the talk of Tom Brady falling off was not it. 
they yeah. beat the cowboys so like a large salt lamp piece of salt to go with that but like it's still tom brady it's still in tampa they still have mike evans and they still have a high part offense so it's going to be important that they're ready and this is the perfect leading game for that like man 45 to 3 Perfect. That'd be so. I'm always, always down for that. I mean, really, the other thing too is, you can't really say it, but it's almost a must-win game. I mean, I oh. just don't think if you're the Packers, you can start zero and two, losing to two division rivals. The Bears at home. This Bears team, that's really bad in itself. And then, as you mentioned, you go to Tampa next week. As we looked at before the season. It's not exactly a murderer's row, but it's not an easy schedule. And you just, the Vikings game, again, as we talked about, kind of understandable to lose that one, given the circumstances. Plus, it's going to be your hardest division game. And it's really hard to sweep the division every year. It's really hard to win six division games. The The Bears at home, though, is a different story. It's a must-win game for the Vibes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you you overcome 0-2? Of course you can. Statistically, it's much harder. But you can, especially in this division. Yep. But it's just, it would be really, really bad. Yep, it'd be. We'd be having a tough recap game on Monday. Rodgers would be whispering into the mic on Pat McAfee next week. <laughs> Five letters. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Jordan Love. Yeah. Um, so I was, what I was going to lob to you. Yep, I'm ready, I'm ready for this lob to go for a probable oop. Outside of Lazard, who we're excited to see back and, and hope he's able to work himself in and look like the WR1 he has an opportunity to be this season, what one receiver would you like to see pop the most for Green Bay this week? It's probably got to be one of the two rookies, I would assume. Uh, Winfrey had a nice play, but I just think there's levels to this. There is, in fact, levels to this. This is tough. Or it could, I guess it could be Sammy. It depends on how we're like framing this question. Are we framing this question. This is this is a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. Like, are we framing it as what's best for like the team this season? What's best for um the team like going forward, or what's best just for cohesion between Aaron Rodgers and the wide receiving group? Like, That's why I just said which would you like to I see, know. so you can factor whichever one you think is most pressing. Right, and I think. The answer is going to be Christian Watson. And I say that with a smirk and a grin because all of me wants to say Romeo Dobbs. But the issue yeah. is, is I already believe Romeo Dobbs is going to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like I already have that confidence in him based on preseason and how he did his work last week. Like it wasn't good, but he didn't make critical mistakes. That right. like even the one where he went in and Rogers went out, Rogers admitted that it was just a miscommunication that happens. Yeah, I want to see Christian Watson get his confidence to know that he can do this work and he can be that player and start to get these snaps and get in a rhythm for the rest of the season because he didn't have that chance in preseason. I think that Christian Watson succeeding this week and having a breakout game fills those three criteria I talked about. I think it mm-hmm. does the most for the Packers this week. I think it does the most for the wide receivers going forward this season. And I think it does a lot to help instill trust in Rodgers with his wide receiving group as a, to- as a, as a whole. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it would be – I'm not going to turn my nose at if this week is the start of the Romeo Dobbs emergence tour. I'm fine with that too, of Me course. Too, of but course. I think long and short term, I agree with you. Even if it still needs to be proven on the field with Rodgers, I do think it, it does. Like I'm not, I don't think we can pencil in Dobbs for anything yet. I agree that he's just closer in a lot of ways than Watson. Right. And I just think wide receivers, the nature of it, the just you're, you're I think wide receivers and corners, it's kind of like you're the most out there. It's almost like the most to prove week to week. Yep. I just think if he's really quiet again or is – you know, if we come away with more mistakes than good plays for Watson again this week, that it's just going to be hard to overcome. And I think we talked about vibes earlier. There's probably people who think that they don't matter at all. I think they do. I know you think they do. And I think for the entire team, long and short term, Rodgers and Watson connecting a couple of times on big plays, I think it's good for everybody, yeah. especially Watson. But I think it's good for everybody to kind of – just made, like that erases the bad feeling from last week. A nice win. Watson looks good. Nobody else. I think. I mean, he kind of shit on uh, Amari Rogers, kind of needlessly. Rod, uh, Aaron Rodgers did. Don't really know why. Just is less important. Sorry, Amari Rogers. Hope you prove him wrong or whatever. But yeah. in terms of the main, the main cast of characters this season, I think the one who uh, the whole defense and then. Uh, Watson is the one who I think really needs to like prove somebody wrong, if anybody. So I, I agree with you. I think he's the clear answer. We won't get into the Amari Rogers quote unless he can. Aaron Rodgers continues to speak on it and speak on about different players, and then I'll have a rant that yeah. might rival some of the other notorious GSPN rants <laughs> that exist on this uh, podcast network. Yep. That's all I'll say right now. Fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Sunday night football this week. Yeah. It's going to be seven twenty NBC, baby. L. Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I am so No, sorry. it's not. What? But oh no, Al Michaels was with isn't with them yeah. anymore. It's Chris they lost Collinsworth Al. and Mike Trico. Yeah. Yep. I forgot they lost Al. Al hopefully with... hopefully Chris has gotten better. Yeah, he didn't sound good. <laughs> well, the, apparently he wasn't sick. The the line from Tariko was that he did the two games in three days or whatever, oh. and it it killed his voice. That'll happen. There's conspiracy theorists that think he did get sick and they didn't want to admit it on TV. Who knows? But whatever the case, right. first I like Chris Collinsworth generally. I think he's fun to listen to. Yep. Hopefully he is uh, recovered. I will miss Alan Chris, who for all the jokes and memes, elite elite Sunday night coverage. They are nobody. Nobody can say a player name and get me hype more than Al Michaels. I agree. It, Al Michaels has the privilege. We're going to go on a little tangent here. Yeah. Al Michaels has had such a cool broadcasting career. Like, yeah. he called Miracle. And then that's like the one big one that he's like obviously like known for calling. But then all through the 80s and 90s, the 2000s, and up until now, he's been calling so many cool plays like he called old odb's uh one-handed yep. like opi or dpi catch or a touchdown he just had a chance he like he's in our intro with the antonio freeman yeah. uh catch off the ankle he did what oh I, <laughs> I i love a good al michaels call he's 
definitely one of the biggest NFL shills out there's ever been. But oh, I yeah. love him calling a game. <laughs> yeah. He, for me right now, is top two in terms of national play-by-play guys. He's not – he's two, I think, but he's top two. In NFL or like all the sports? Across sports. Is it Mike Breen? Uh, oh, I do love a Mike Breen. Who's I probably one? have him three. I I sell out for Kevin Harlan. Oh, thank I God. love Kevin Harlan. When when he called the two games at once in NFL like a couple years ago now, yeah, it was so good. He was like really just stunting on everyone else. Oh, I, I just think he's great. Yeah, he's a great he's a great uh, play play guy. Chris Green Collins up there though. I mean, yeah. the bang bang is the most iconic phrase in yeah. sports broadcasting. It's nobody's close. Right. Sorry, Berman. The back 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 back. Thankfully, is done. Yes. Um, but Chris Collinsworth, yes, I hope he's better soon because he, yeah, he yeah. he's up there with Romo, with yeah, just like he's so fun to listen to call a game. He's clearly excited about football all the time. But yes. he knows what he's talking about, and he can give great analysis. The NFL is good about that. The there's very few. It feels like jaded former players. I they love the game. We're still going. They on love t- the current game. We're still going on a tangent. It's the biggest separation between coverage of the NFL and coverage of the of the NBA. Yeah. Like there's less haters. There's you will find no like There is there's a crew of seven old guys in Michael Strahan that talks every morning for hours about how and great they don't they don't is. hate. Yeah, they're just like, you know who's great? This guy and this guy yeah. and this team and this coach. It's a relentless propaganda machine. Oh, it's but, relentless. Man, it makes great content. It makes great content and it's it makes for a more enjoyable consuming experience as a fan for football 100 percent, 100 percent. so that'll end our tangent but yeah as we mentioned 720 this week sunday night football let me confirm it's 720 it i think it is it is yeah. it is you get to lead in to kickoff with a wonderful rendition of some sort of football song with carrie underwood i assume i'm pretty sure she's still doing it uh regardless so. regardless of it all um excited for the bears this week bears packers week is always fun We'll yep. see if Aaron Rodgers still owns the Chicago Bears. See if he uh, yells it at the Bears sideline and starts. Big, some... big cat, big cat's gonna be insufferable if the Bears win this. Oh thing. my oh. god! I don't want to know. I don't want to. Shout know. out your fantasy team name. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, Ty, I believe. Yeah, yeah. We have a review. We do, as promised. As Packer Fansky promised. Are you gonna read it? We... I am. We didn't forget. Do you have it up? I don't. Okay, then I'll read it. Two weeks ago, he left it. He or she, they left this review. Uh, five stars, of course. If it's not five stars, we're not reading it. So make sure right. on Apple Podcasts, we'll try to find it. But you can always submit it to us via the Discord form at gspn.info. Make sure we read it. And you can also do that if you subscribe to the Substack or leave a five-star rating on the Spotify mobile app. Or show us you're subscribed wherever you listen on YouTube. We'll read the review if it's if it's pertinent to the show. So five stars, Packer Fansky. The title is another GSPNW, and the review itself thrilled that the GSPN squad has expanded into Packer Talk. Loving the show so far. That was two weeks ago. The season had not Damn. even started. So shout out to Packer Fansky on eight thirty one who left that beautiful review. Thank you, Packer Fransky. I appreciate your support and review. As a new podcaster, I love seeing all of you guys enjoy this uh, this feed so much and this pod so much. So thank you for all your support. Please send it to a friend. Send it to your mom. Send it to your grandfather who is a diehard 
Packer fan who was there at Lambeau Field in the 60s when they won the Ice Bowl. I'm sure he'd love it, too. He might not get all the um, references, but he might like the Packers talk. I'm glad you kept it pushing with more family members. I thought you were on, like, a, a young gravy tip with the Sunday for the mom, so... Or uh, or a Zach Wilson, I guess. Okay, let's let's. <laughs> we, I know it's my we fault. We should wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening to another wonderful, wonderful episode of Talk of the Tundra as we prepare for Bears Week. Uh, we will be back with you on Monday to recap the game. It will be most likely ninety nine percent tie and somebody else as I am out of town this weekend. Uh, but they will hold down the fort perfectly as I am sure they will hi thank you so much for joining me thanks for having me Newmark Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.